What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? I'm recording. I pushed record. I am also now recording. Wow. We're both. Just think, we're both recording. Wow. And that is a miracle from the baby J for um, Christmas. Um, the, the baby, the baby JC. <laughs> um. I'm dreaming of a wet, a very wet Christmas. Quite melty, quite melty Christmas. Just very, um, Hurricane Santa Claus. Is it it rainy where you are? Just a real, well, this is Christmas now, so it will have been, like, tremendous amounts of rain and wind. What? And... Is it coming? Oh, it's coming. I was I was hoping we could record it to this so it would sound like Christmas for people, but I can't lie. You can't you really you truly can't. So yeah, there's a, a whole wind and rainstorm that will be falling upon New York and upstate this afternoon. Wow. Um this is Christmas Eve, but ladies and gentlemen, other if you want to pretend that it's Christmas, that's what this episode's gonna be about. All right. Well, the most important day of the entire <laughs> entire year. There is no more important day. <laughs> Christmas. Um, it is. You are listening to us on Christmas, which is what a what a treat. We all get to sort of do nothing and hopefully listen to a podcast. But also, are we gonna are we gonna have an episode on New Year's Day? Is that how the math works? I don't know, Reid. I think so. Cool. Um, wow, we're just hitting all the holidays this year. Hit, you know, it hitting the holidays with uh, Reed and Jack. Uh, if you haven't, you should uh, watch us uh, do be Reed is Johnny Weir and I'm Terry Lipinski oh. in this in a way for James Whiteside's Fancy Nut Mix, which you can find on YouTube, and you can watch us uh, MC through uh, the Grand of the Nutcracker. Yeah, I need to um, post a excerpt from that, but that's just like a daunting task, you know. Sounds really hard. I know. So, I mean, do as do as thou wilt. I'm doing an Instagram knot through the through the rest of I the year. That's really wise. I just am like I don't. It was interesting because even last week when I looked at like, what's my phone percentage use? I was on it for like 13 minutes and I was like, well, that's brief enough that um, I can let that go. Yeah. I think that's really good. I don't know what you're doing if you're not on your phone, you know? um, I've been reading and watching um, if a movie comes on uh, Turner Classic Movies. I just, that can really clonopin me out. Oh, that's nice. Oh, my, like, watching the Judy Garland Christmas special, Ladies and Other, if you're looking for something to do today, watch it. It's on YouTube. It's an hour long. It's so sweet um, seeing her. I think it's the only time that you get to see her perform with all three of the children, uh, Liza and Lorna and Joe. Wow, there's three and, children. Um, mm-hmm. what, happened, it is what happened to the so other two? What do you mean? Lorna and Joe. Uh, they're around. Lorna, uh, Lorna wrote, I think it was me and my shadows. Um, 
that was turned into the TV miniseries about Judy Garland with the impeccable Judy Davis. And um, Victor Garber's in it and John Benjamin Hickey, all these great, this great New York gay talent. And uh, oh, it's re- it was really odd to watch um, trailers for that movie with Sam Neill from Australia, Old Times. Uh, which trailer? With Judy Davis, is a very young woman. Oh, you didn't see it yet. Not my brilliant career. My brilliant career, and I, I was <sighs> watching this trailer, knowing that you're going to lose your mind. Sam Neill was in the movie, but I, I didn't know who this actress was, and I just kept thinking, gosh, she's really familiar. She looks almost like Judy Davis. Because it is with that hair. But um, I, I mean, how her face shifted. She uh, grew up. She really did. She really and did. And I, Judy Davis is truly um, uh, an underrated, I would say, actress. I she is she's someone who we should talk about in the same breath as. Jessica Lang, um, of really doing some impeccable character work. And, uh, I would say she's, she's pretty celebrated. Digging into the roles. Mm, you could turn to anyone and be like, do you know who Jessica Lang is? And they'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, do you know who Judy Davis is? And they'd be like, did she play like a, uh, you know, a, a what's that called that goes in and out? I, um, I, don't, I don't know. Accordion. Accordion. Uh-huh. And then you'd be like, no, that's Judy Tenuta. I'd be like, no. Oh. I feel like people who know of Jessica Lang know of Judy Davis. I think Jessica Lang went into this other realm because of, uh, you know, Ryan Murphy. Well, now Judy Davis is in the Ryan Murphy universe. Is she in Ra- um, Ratchet? Ratchet? Yeah. I couldn't watch that. I watched like the first 10 minutes and I thought I can't. I, I, I too made an attempt and I think I got through one and a half or two episodes and then, Oh, well you better work. Like many things. I, I kind of gave up and I, I don't know why. I mean, I liked looking at Sarah Paulson and Cynthia Nixon and Judy Davis all wearing these slightly amplified versions of reality clothes. Um, from that time, from, from the forties, right? From that time, uh huh. Looks like forties, uh-huh. but like a drawing of the forties, you know. T. Uh huh. Um, but what I do love so much, and I'm deeply inside of right now, is Killing Eve. Wow! So I only watched. I watched the first season on uh, my flight to Australia. I I, and... I have to say, season two. <laughs> And I, you know, I was talking to Stuart the other day and he goes, I, I think season one was the best. And it was hard for me to hear that because I was just starting season two. And I thought, why are you trying to ruin my life? But, um, but as I'm finishing season two, season two is much better. It's like far less formulaic where you're like, oh, this is bizarre. Interesting. How many seasons are there? Three. Well, you better work. Um, I guess I could try to watch that. I just can't, it's hard for me to watch anything too placed in reality at all. So, um, like even on Turner Classic Movies, like it was like Bell, Book and Candle with Kim Novak and Jimmy Stewart. Have you ever seen that where she plays a witch? No. It's cute. 
And it takes place in New York. Um, I like you know, that. And then there's, there were like going back to season three of Twin Peaks and just rewatching that sometimes. I'm actually really not watching that much either right now that I think of it. I just can't recommend season two of Killing Eve enough because Jodie Comer does it really, really remarkable things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure I could watch it. I'm sure it's in, on one of the many stations. Um, when you were a child, mm. Memory Lane. Here we go. Did you make cookies for Christmas? No. Did you make a gingerbread house? No. I mean, have you met my mother? Yeah. <laughs> Did we? There was no <laughs> baking of things until I figured out how to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really pictured you for this brief moment at like six. It was essentially <laughs> like, like, I mean, it was turning, turning the knobs on the stove. Yeah. When did you start baking? Nine? Um, no, I'm going to say around, <laughs> er, early teens, late, late okay. tweens, 12, 13. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's a safe time to be operating as oven. I, I do recall <laughs> being home mm. one summer. Mm. I must have been in middle school, early high school. So I, I, I do remember it was 4th of July and my mom had a sudden burst of nostalgia, which happens occasionally. She was like, we need to have a chocolate cake for, for um, 4th of July. And I was, <laughs> I was really like, what? I really want to make a piece called A Sudden Burst of Nostalgia. <laughs> a Sudden Burst of Nostalgia. You've heard it here. It's TM'd. It's, it, it will make, we're making that show. You can't make that show. Okay, go on. So she's like, we need a chocolate we cake. Need, and, and uh-huh. you know, her point of reference for all of these recipes are the recipes on the back of sort of ubiquitous box. products like Hershey's Cocoa. So Betty Crocker. Right. So we made the Hershey's cocoa chocolate cake. And I mean, I didn't know then, and my mom certainly didn't know like how one is meant to assemble a tiered cake, a layered cake, (laughs) not, Mm -hmm. not tiered layered. Uh And so, um, it was, it fell apart obviously because like nobody sliced the domes off the top of the layers. The frosting was not chilled. It was, it was a big mess. I'm sure it was delicious, but you know. So, so you just like got those things out of the tins with their like rised, risen. That's right. Domed layers, which, you know. And then you, did you stack them dome side up? Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows. But you put one down and then you put like hot icing. Not hot, but not, not cool. And then tried to squish the other one on. And do you remember it falling? I do remember what's cracking. What's the kind of memory? I remember breaking and cracking and then a, an attempt to kind of glue it together with icing. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sure we ate it and I'm sure we ate it happily. But that was the kind, that was the extent of the baking experience in, in the Honey Walters household. Do you remember the first thing you baked? <clears throat> I have... I'm sure I baked cookies with my aunt Gail in Idaho. She was she uh-huh. she would do the Nestle Toll House cookies. Ah, uh, delish. Um, but I made a pa- 
hair gingerbread upside down cake oh. for Thanksgiving when I was probably 13 or 14. Uh. And, um, and it was delicious. And I remember I like cut out a paper snowflake doily to place it on. And I, that was probably at my mother's recommendation. Cause like, even though she wasn't going to bake the cake, she knew how to present the cake, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. And it was delicious, and everybody loved the pear gingerbread upside down cake. So I think that set me out on a trajectory for um, good, good baker, good baking. Oh wow, that does sound absolutely delicious. I would love to eat that. Maybe do you think maybe that's what you'll do today? Is make that? Well, I've already made two more Claire Saffitz recipes that are wrapped up. So I, what have you made? Well, I made uh, early in the day yesterday. I made a blood orange olive oil cake mm, delish and then i made this goat cheese cheesecake that's meant to have figs on mm. top but i didn't i couldn't find figs or any that looked decent so i um substituted blackberries no no i um i <laughs> sauteed some pears oh okay yeah sure um so i sure. had a big slice of of delicious goat cheese cheesecake with pear last night. It was so good. And um, I had to... It was good. It was so good. And I had to substitute um, Cara Cara oranges for blood oranges because I couldn't find any. I think it'll be all right. But um, wow, that all does sound delicious. Thank you, Claire Saffitz. I'm really getting through that book. My goodness. Wow. And are you taking photos of each of these like I asked? I am. I am. I think I've neglected to take pictures of the malts malted brownies that's okay i and then you can just post them in one long or you post them all at once yeah like, like how a, you did for my a, birthday no i think you should post it to our main on dance and stuff oh. and have it be like 50 photos deep <laughs> wow should i do them yeah. in in um groups of 10 or just like one at a time oh no like i want to see if you how many you can like add into one so people would just swipe you can only do 10 yeah that sucks (laughs) um (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, wait what was your favorite birthday gift i loved the podcast gift it was really good wasn't it i think that was my favorite birthday gift Aw, I love that. It was because it was a total surprise. I felt like I had arrived at the least embarrassing surprise party one can go to, you know? Uh, that is such a... I'm I'm so happy to hear that, truly. It's, you know, being faced by a real surprise party, horrible. You know, I mean, have you ever had a surprise party? No. Wow. And that's because you're psychic. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hyper, trauma survivor, hypervigilant, and or psychic. Um, yeah, no, it's never... I've never had a surprise birthday party. The only... Have you ever had one besides uh, the podcast one? Well, I... I that I threw for you last week? I remember one. <laughs> Jeremy and I threw for you? I, uh-huh. Um, I was on tour with the Alberta Ballet. We did our Nutcracker shows in um, both in Calgary and Edmonton, where we did all of our shows. Did I ever tell you how Calgary and Edmonton had identical theaters? Mm-mm. Why? 
Um, well, you know, Edmonton is the capital of Alberta and Calgary is the other big city and the ballet company is located in Now, wait a second. And are these states, is this between like Iowa and, and Nevada? Like, okay. So Alberta, let's call, let's say Alberta is is, in like DC. No, no. Let's say Alberta is the state. It's a province, right? So it's Uh a really, Alberta's it's big. And Right, and is it between and whereabouts in America? Oh, it's it? a, it it's between, above Montana. It's above Montana. I didn't know that America extended up there. Okay, but Alberta. Okay, so what above are you talking? I mean, it's Canada. What you were in Canada, Jack? <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> I wanted. I wanted to see because we do know I'm bad at geography, but I loved the idea of maybe like. Wait a second. <laughs> so it goes Alabama, Arkansas, Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're in Alberta. And yes, I do know Edmonton is that wonderful capital of Alberta. Oh, gorgeous. And so. Absolutely gorgeous. They have that wonderful um, pillar of salt. I, I honestly think. I believe you because I honestly don't know. I lived there for three mm. years and I don't even know. They have um, hockey teams, you know. Oh, hot! So they, they're about two hours apart. So we lived in Calgary and we generally premiered our shows there, or vice versa. But we would always perform all of our programs at the Jubilee Auditorium in Calgary. And at the, Ugh, the- I hate the word Jubilee. <laughs> And then that is such a disgusting yeah, word. And then at the Ju- Jubilee Auditorium. Oh in my Edmonton. god! And they were stop it with the Jubilee. Identical, identical. How far away are they? Two hours. Can you imagine? And wow. literally, you'd be in your dressing room, and you'd be like, "Where are we?" <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd like walk out the stage door, and you'd be like. Where, what city am I walking out of? And did everyone who worked there, did they all have a doppelganger who worked at the other (laughs) one? So that everyone looked exactly the same, or at least had to dress like they did with prosthetic noses and wigs? Absolutely, it was a whole production. I love the idea of them being like, well, everyone has to look exactly the same, so. I mean, we were traveling with the whole Mm -hmm. group, so it was like, I'm sure there were, like, staffers, I don't even remember. It was so long Staffers. Ago. But at any rate, <laughs> we would travel our Nutcracker mm-hmm. to um, Vancouver. Vic- Were you ever Cavalier? No. No. Vancouver. I mean, I guessed it as a Cavalier once. Probably ill-advised. Do you know what I mean? Were you ever, me- Were you ever Peppermint? Peppermint? <laughs> yeah. Candy, candy cane? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, um, I did, I was in versions of the Trey Pack or Russian dance when I was at Ballet Met. Oof, knees. Oh my God. Um, I, I didn't do it very ouch. often. That was the one dance I, I absolutely wouldn't warm up for. I'd be like, I have to be dead cold to get through this. And why is that? Because if my quads were even like remotely stretched out, like I couldn't get up from the squats. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I needed them to really have a little bit of snap. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, and <laughs> whose nutcracker were you doing? At that time at Ballet Met. Oh, which one? Oh, at Ballet Met, we were doing David Nixon's nutcracker. And at. Al- I hate that one. At the Al- oh, yeah, Jack. And then at the Alberta Ballet, we were doing Miko Niesanen's Nutcracker, which was very 
standard fare, we'll call it. Oh, detestable. Yeah, it was. Oh, they were all, both of them awful. Just kidding. Were, I don't they know were, either they were of both them. Fine. Um, both fine. So, but in um, Candy Cane, no one, did, did anyone do like the jumping through the hula hoop? No, ours wasn't a Candy Cane dance. Mm, I know. I love the jumping through the hula hoop that happens in Balanchines. Balanchines. Yeah, exactly. Balanchines. Um, so we would tour our Nutcracker to mm. Vancouver, Victoria, Spokane, Washington, mm. Edmonton, and Calgary. On a bus. Um, yeah, on a bus. No, I think we that would, must have we been would, pretty slick driving. Um, yeah, we would we would drive through the snowy mountains, the Rocky Mountains, to get to Vancouver. Jesus Christ! I know, but wait, now I'm confused. Maybe we flew to Vancouver. Vancouver seems pretty far. And also an island, you know. <laughs> Vancouver Island? Yeah. Well, at any rate. Well, there is an island off of Vancouver called Vancouver Island, but I can't imagine you going to that. My Canadian geography is... is My fake. Canadian geography is really good. I don't believe I, it. I'm much better with Canada than I am with the United States. You have Montreal, okay. Toronto, Vancouver... And then if you go over towards Europe, you have um, this place where Gompo Abbey is that Pema Chodron's at, Nova Scotia. <laughs> and I had this wonderful boat trip in Nova Scotia where we looked at the whales. Oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> So oh, I'm, I'm looking at a, a Canada map and Vancouver is in fact an island. It's a big, I'm a little confused actually. I think you're looking at Vancouver Island. Yeah, off of Vancouver. no, you're right. Vancouver's on the mainland and Victoria's on an island. So I think we would fly to Victoria, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So uh-huh. I don't even know why I'm telling you this story anymore. I don't know either. I Well, we were talking about Nutcracker and I think it was because I asked if you did Peppermint. And I can't remember why. Oh, maybe a cake or something. Oh, oh your my surprise God. birthday party. Yes, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> that is amazing. That is literally it. Wow. Literally. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, other to talking on the phone and trying to remember things. <laughs> no idea. So, oh my God. Okay. So I believe okay. we were mm-hmm. in Vancouver mm-hmm. or Victoria. And I, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Doesn't. And I, doesn't. I was turning, mm-hmm. I was turning 24 or 25. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Vancouver, Victoria, and I was turning 24 or 25. And, yeah. And, you know, we were always in this, in a hotel together, and Mm. I had kind of, at the time, these two best girlfriends. One was Alexis Maragoses, who looks like Julia Binoche, and one was um, Lee Allardyce, who looks like a Mm. a really elongated sort of sissy's basic. Incredible. Yeah. And Lee was absolutely unable to keep secrets. Completely. Love it. Just exactly like that Kristen Wiig character. 
I was just thinking of that. I was just thinking. We'll get back to Kristen Wiig. He's going to come in here. Yeah, literally. So all kind of that day, Mm. Lee would be like, hi. (laughs) Um, What are you going to do tonight? And I was Uh like, "Um, I don't know. Probably like be in the hotel with everybody. She was like, okay, so you'll be in your room. (laughs) I was like, Lee. (laughs) Um, So then it is, I kind of. You literally make her sound exactly like the Kristen Wiig character. Was she that breathless with anticipation, excitement? Yeah, she was shaking. Wow. So I was like, I know what's going to happen here, Lee. Yeah. (laughs) So then like Lee and Alexis were like hanging out with me in my room at a certain point. And I could, Lee was just, I knew, I was like, when are we going to go to this bar? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And then we like, we're like, someone called and was like, oh, we're hanging out in so-and-so's room, like da-da-da. And then Alexis and Lee were like, oh, let's go hang out and blah-blah-blah. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. So then we took a walk down the hall and there was a surprise party in someone else's (laughs) room. And they gave me a pair of green Converse. The entire cast? cast the, the cast of phantom gave me um, and the cast of nutcracker gave me a pair of green converse yeah i'm sure you know maybe people pitched in yeah mm-hmm. if everyone can put in a dollar we can get yeah, exactly. read a pair of green converse yeah we were poor cast of 25 uh-huh so um, that was a surprise party wow but i knew it was coming because lee allardyce what about a surprise party where you didn't know no so the podcast. That was real. It really was. Last week was the week that you really. <clears throat> and you know what? My mother tells a different story than you. About me calling. Yeah. Oh, incredible. She says, well, I didn't know I could leave a longer message. Jack told me to be, to, to, to make it really, really short. <laughs> and I was like, well, mom, I think he meant under a minute. <laughs> that is amazing. That's not the story. That is not the story. I want you to the tell story, tell the story. The story goes. I I love that she's. It makes that makes me laugh so hard because I I called and she picked up and she went, "Hi, Jackie boy, is everything okay?" And I was like, "Hi, honey. Yeah, it's um." You know, tomorrow's Reed's birthday, and so uh, I'm I'm getting in touch with people to send me voice memos, wishing him a happy birthday as a surprise to put through the podcast. Oh, well, that's nice of you. Yes, and I was thinking um, that I would love it if you could do one. Okay, but I'm just going to say happy birthday, Kippy, and that's it. That is totally fine. That's all you have to do. That's it. That's all I'm doing. That's totally fine. That's great. Thank you. Um, It's just I really want you to be on it, and I want it to end with you. And then she goes, because I'm the mother. (laughs) And then I said, that's right. You are the mother of the downtown niche dance performance art world. And she laughed. She goes, that's true. (laughs) And then I said, "Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, I was like, How's it going? She's like, well, I moved out of the house. I was like, I know. And she's like, and the new one's being made. I said, I know. And I said, I can't wait to see it. And she said, I can't wait to see it either when it's done. 
And uh, we laughed a little bit. And then we, we, you know, talked about how terrible everything is and got off the phone. Okay. Yeah. So she understood that she, that meant she needed to leave a two second voice memo. I said, I, I said, so you can just call me back and leave it on my voicemail. Right. But you didn't explicitly say you just have to say two words. I did not. (laughs) She said, I'm going to say happy birthday, Kippy. And that's it. And I said, okay. And she said, that's all I'm doing. And I said, that's fine. It's, it's great. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, there's two st- so, two stories out there, so we might have to be doing a guest guest spot on Judge Judy, where I I hear she's appearing as a hologram. No, she is not. <laughs> I, yeah, I do believe. Come through. That is incredible. <laughs> that is so incredible. Oh my god! Yes, here is to working from hologram. <laughs> Yes, I'll be working from hologram for the for the next thirty years. Oh, she's so rich. Oh, that is so incredible. Well, how many cameras is it gonna take? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I also listened to a um the daily about um Delilah, which was fascinating. I don't know what you're talking Delilah. about. Delilah. I don't know what you're talking really? about. Really? Delilah's like a um, a, ra- a radio host, very very famous. Who? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she would be. She would like find out if you had a cheater going on, and well, like she she would call yes, people. They would and they like, would call in, and they'd say, you know, I I I wanted to apologize to my wife, and Delilah would be like, well, can you tell us why? Be like, well, I was dishonest, and um, I, I I hope that she forgives me, and so I wanted to play um, I Will Always Love You with Houston until I would be like, well, that seems like a great idea. And she'd like And would she sing over it and be like, Hunda? <laughs> It'd be so great if Delilah would like, like pause the kind of note when she hit I, and so you would just hear like a too elongated I throughout the song and be like, what's going on? I also feel like Delilah would call and she'd be like, um, she would try to figure out if someone had a cheater by calling and being like, Hey, I, um, I have a package for you or, you know, something like that, you know? And then she'd be like, I got you. I don't know. It was some weird, like catching people well, by like phone. That's definitely somehow. not Delilah. Are you sure? Yeah. I could have sworn I heard her in a deli once. Delilah records her show from home, um, for five hours in the evening. Um, for five hours, yeah, five hours. Well, that's only five hours of work a day. It's pretty well, cool. I want to know what her setup is. She must have like tea and I think it's down in the popcorn. basement. There's probably, you know, those foam acoustic tiles I'm imagining uh-huh. for beautiful uh-huh. sound quality for her radio show. Uh-huh. She has 15 children. No. Well, two of them are biological and the rest are adopted. Incredible. Yeah, she's like putting her money to, you know, use. Do they all live with her? I'm assuming, I imagine some are uh, out of the house at this point. Well, how old is she? 79. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Let me check. I'm checking on the safari. She is not 79, Reed. I'm looking it up. How old is Delilah? 
She has 15 children. And I bet some of those children have children. And I bet, you know, out of that, at least one has to be gay because 10% rule. Well, she also has made a point of adopting. um, Only gay kids. Of adopting children, (laughs) um, unwell children who, and and two of them have died. And she cried on the podcast and it was sad. Oh my God. Um, She's 60. She's a saint. She is a saint. Saint Delilah. Saint Delilah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember who uh, featured as not was not was featured as not a saint in the Bible? So many people. Delilah. Oh, Samson and Delilah. She was. Um, That's right. She was. She cuts off his hair. Right. Why would she do that? Well, because Samson was like totally just. How do you know this stuff? Even though you went to Unitarian Church. Because I went to Unitarian meeting place. We don't call it a church. But they did they um, did they do Bible stories? We did it all. It was the it's being a Unitarian is the Joseph Campbell of right, making right, your way. Right. It's finding the spirituality through all religions. They're like, so, and this week is Aesop's fables. <laughs> not quite, honey, but for you it would have been. No, it was like, you know, this week is wasn't weeks either i mean i like grew up in that for years and years and years so you know i got through it all i'm ordained in all the major religions and everybody knows that (laughs) um so so you know he was hercule he was like a kind of herculean guy and he could just do it all and it was his power was real strong and he was um he was gonna get those bad Romans. But and, his um, power was derived from his hair? His power was in his hair, honey. Gorgeous. And so she seduces him and then he falls asleep on her lap and she snips, snips it off and then they chain him. And then how did she do after that? Um, I think that even though he's chained... Delilah was a dancer. She's dancing... To these da- pillars. Dance of the Seven Veils. No, that's Salome. And oh, Salome right, 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 right. didn't just take the hair. She took the whole head, she cut honey, the head off. of John the Baptist. That's right. Wow. Also known, at, you know, in, in that, in the old text as Yokanahan. Or maybe it's Yokanan, whatever. Anyhow. Jonathan. Mm, Jonathan. <laughs> and years later, Liz Fair would sing an incredible song called Dance the Seven Veils that goes, Johnny, my love, get out of the business. It makes me want to rough you up so badly. Makes me want to roll you up in plastic, <laughs> toss you up and pump you full of lead. <laughs> I wish that she did it up-tempo like that, but she doesn't. I just sped it up so that people didn't have to listen to me sing. Harriet and I made a Salome Dance of the Seven Bales costume once for Devin Toysher as choreographed by Marcelo Gomez for a performance at the Frick Museum. And I'm having trouble recalling anything about that costume. <laughs> Did it have seven veils? <laughs> there was seven pieces of fabric that were, uh-huh. that wasn't our contribution. Our contribution was like a, some kind of skirt and bralette. But I, I can't recall. I know there must have been some jangly well let me tell you what at the end of the seven veils she's not wearing anything honey so we didn't she didn't get down all the way to the buff for at the frick museum 
Uh, well, if someone wants to commission me to do the Dance of the Seven Veils at the Frick Museum, where I do get naked by the end, LMK. Uh, you can reach me through my website, jack at jackferber.org. But please write my assistant, Leah Malone. I did this incredible thing in the bathroom last night that people are welcome to steal because I won't do it mm. live. But I, <clears throat> I was, I was nude in the bathroom, and uh-huh. and I have Which generally one is at a certain point at pre-shower, and I have this huge weird mirror that's stuck on this giant window that you can't remove the mirror, unfortunately. Oh, it's so incredible! I love that element it's my favorite feature in your apartment besides your bedroom mm-hmm. you know david hallberg also loves that that element here yeah that's oh, incredible i mean it's you get lost in it you're like oh it's a window oh it's me <laughs> <laughs> but anyways it's a window to me i was listening to the bach double violin concerto that i wanted to have on during my shower but then i started doing this like kind of like hip bouncing dance facing the mirror where I was sort of like bouncing into hip side to side or diagonal to diagonal. And I would, and then I would like go twice into one hip and then, and then again. So then I would, I'd, uh-huh. I'd be double on, time. I'd be on the downbeat, but then I'd be on the upbeat because I would switch it with that double. And uh-huh. I went on doing this for a long, long time. And I was like, this is an incredible dance. Reed, we've made that dance. I swear to God, like uh, the number of times where I've been like, one two one one you know no yeah but but then to go on for a really long time doing it naked to the Bach double violin concerto it was just like so I mean then I would be the toast of Europe so much it's so rude That's, there's so much context it's gorgeous it's it's literally it's literally literally like I've made like the brief version of that and then if I just did that then I would be famous in Europe it's absolutely true I think it's good it's true it's really good well there you go um but it's not a dance worth doing if you have any clothes on right right i've seen it i've definitely seen variations on that kind of dance because there has to be a floppy appendage in the form of breasts Mm. or a penis or it's just like it's it's worthless (laughs) that should be the title of the dance it's worthless well i mean that should be that should be <laughs> in parentheses next to all dance titles. <laughs> Not all. No, it's true. No. I love dance. I, I do too. I love dance. Mm. Sometimes. A lot of it. Some of it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> a few of it. A few of it. A few of it, really. Yeah. yeah. It. It's okay. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's part of learning. It's part of getting older and seeing stuff and, you know, but then you can do the set aside prayer. Please, God, remove from my mind everything I've already seen. What? May this be a fresh new experience for me today. I don't, I feel like the number of times I've had to say that when I sit down, when I used to sit down in a theater. I think that's useful. To please make my mind to totally like slate blank nothing you, as you I need try that to, though because like, you're you're out. always predicting and contextualizing Oof, and then i'm right generally but i love <laughs> the times i'm not those times um, the times of surprise and having prediction failure have yeah. been truly but sometimes worth things are so satisfying going. when they go in a way that you expect them to or they they connect to things that you already know about and they feel comfortable and you can just enjoy the experience 
I can just rewatch a movie. I've I love to do that. <laughs> you do love I, to do that. I do. I do. I'm I like sucked. to either really be surprised or just watch something I've already watched. Do you know that some friends, <laughs> Laurel Laurel Keen, who you met in Minneapolis, and Lindsay Clark, adore Lindsay Clark, adore, and I used to go to uh. the Unitarian Universalist meeting place, as you call it, in Seattle. Wow. Did you ever go to the one um, up by Central Park? No, never. Oh, wait. I've been to one one time in New York. One time. Well, it was probably the one that's up by Central Park. Yeah, and on the, I, on went, the west I side. also went there. Yes. And I went there one time and I thought, that's okay. Yeah, me too. It The smell, it was so uncanny. The smell of coffee it smelled exactly like the coffee of the meeting place that I, well, I went to the Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, beautiful. You know, meeting house. So I would spend like every Sunday looking at, you know, the strangely placed stones on the inside. Uh, yeah. You know, like it was all these, and I would, I would get so bored. So I would like look at the stones and picture myself crawling up them and like fantasize about different ways to crawl up them. I I do think that ar- the architecture is meaningful when it comes to going to church because in Seattle it was kind of like very sparse modern structure in the shape of a of a what are the penis no 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 <laughs> what it, in 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 church language what is that main main space called oh the penis hall Jack. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever go to St. Thomas Cathedral, they have these light fixtures with these glass, blown glass things look exactly like penises. Where is that? On a 50, 53rd or 55th. I think I've been in every church in New York because there's always been some moment where I've been like, oh my God, and like well, run into some at, church at, to be like, help me. Yeah. At any rate, I think the uni- the Unitarian space in New York was too churchy. You know, it was like too yes. old. And yeah, I, needed I think to it be was more an old like Episcopal church. Exactly. We want just like I think it was room. an old Episcopal church that they turned into Unitarian church. Or could have even been an Episcopal church that like just sometimes was Unitarian. Yeah, I don't, you know what I, mean? I don't like that. And I, so yeah, I got to grow up in like a, like this, I, I grew up, <laughs> I grew up in it actually. I. That's where I ate my meals and went to sleep. I mean, my father was the president of the Unitarian Universalist Society chapter there for a while. So we were there more than just Sundays. Wow. And but it just I just, you know, like anything that you grew up with, you learn to resent it. Did they have and, rain, um, rainbow name tags for gay congregants? I feel like we all had to put a rainbow tag on, you know? It was <laughs> It it just was really, you know, like, but I did meet some, I had some really great friends from there. And when I was part of YRUU, the Young Religious Unitarian Universalist, and why they put religious in front of that, I'll never understand. Um, maybe that's because I don't know what the word religion means. And um, It's true. I mean, Unitarians, I think they put the word religion in there so they can get tax exempt status. Fierce. <clears throat> Excuse me. This show is called Dance and Stuff Religion. <laughs> Dance and Stuff Church. But Unitarians are, 
I'm going to go ahead and say it, are absolutely the best of them. You are totally correct, Reed, because it is literally people who are mainly agnostic, um, meaning they're kind of like, I don't know. And then a fair amount of atheists who are like, I love poems. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's a, (laughs) it's a, it's a real, like, I remember I, I, and I can remember some really, we had this wonderful, um, like Ellsworth, Ellsworth Kelly Kelly would come there. Wow. Is that right? Or maybe there was a man named Ellsworth. It's probably more right. Who was the conductor. Oh, Jack, we're veering. Did Ellsworth Kelly do paintings uh, and sculpture? Did he ever do watercolor? I don't know. <laughs> it could have been him. What the hell is that bird? I feel like New York is getting so hot right now that you, know, you can have a fucking 50, like parrot out there. It's more than fifty degrees today. Isn't that? And what about that? Yeah, on Christmas Day, the day that you all are listening to this, high of sixty one. Oh, no. With a low of 23. What? <laughs> That's what it's going to be here. Wow. 61 and a low of 23. Huge variables upstate. Da-dun-da-dun-dun-dun. Ah, it's global warming time. Everything is melting. It's global warming time. The water's getting higher. Yeah. Better get into your plane and fly away and inside the rain. Um. Anyways, Unitarians, very generous, very reasonable. It's great. Sex positive. We love it. <laughs> They're all the good very... things about religion without all the nonsense stuff and the... Um... Well, it's generally just called spirituality. You know, as yeah, Liza yeah, Minnelli yeah. said, uh, um, religion is for people who are afraid of hell and spirituality is for people who've been there. Oh, Thanks, wow. Liza. <laughs> Um, Eliza. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, I, the Unitarian Universalist Society was something that I very much appreciated. I did, we did a, a, if you can believe it, a train trip from, now I don't think Amtrak goes to Madison. And I don't think it probably even, I don't even know if it goes to Milwaukee. So we might have had to go to Chicago. What? I don't know if Amtrak goes through Wisconsin. Well, I and I, took, I want to say it does. Well, I took an Amtrak from somewhere in the Midwest to Boston. Wow. When I was 13 or 14 years old. And this was the trip you would take if you were deciding to be part of the YRUU group. And so all this youth would just get packed on this train and we would go to Boston to see the first Unitarian Universalist Society that is in Boston. And I just remember buying a cigarette holder. <laughs> wow. I was like 13 and I went into some smoke shop and I was like, I'd like that black cigarette holder, please. How long was it? The train trip? No, the cigarette holder. Oh, not that long. I was imagining um, like a Cruella de Vil. No, no, no. This was like, you know, the size of uh, your middle finger. Wow. You know, I, really I don't, I don't like the sounds of this trip. I mean, the, it sounds like birthright. I don't know. I do remember getting spaghetti on this, like, I was wearing this very, like, you know, oversized white button-down shirt that I would, like, button, you know, leave unbuttoned to my navel, probably. 
because I was, you know, 14. And um, I remember getting spaghetti on it and just freaking out. And the woman, I don't remember the name of the women who took us on this trip. I think there were two of them. And she took me down to this basement and... (laughs) I just love the way that story is going, but it doesn't go that way. And then um, she was like, if you use soap and incredibly hot water, anything will come out. And it did. Wonderful. She was like, but you have to do it right away. And we just like went into the basement of this restaurant and washed up. Um, I think it was the basement. I don't remember much of the trip. I remember my friend Felix and I think we sat together. Did you go and look at the Cheers bar? That's always very important to children in the 80s and early 90s. Where is that? It's in Boston. Uh Uh-uh. No, we did this. We did that church, and that's all I remember. And I think we went to Harvard Square, which is where I got that cigarette holder. Did you go to and the aquarium? Think, uh-uh. Did you go to Symphony Hall? Uh-uh. Wow, very different experience than mine. Did you take a birthright trip to Boston? No. we uh, The boy choir used to go up and sing with the Boston Symphony from time to time. Oh, that's right. I did just listen to a wonderful recording of you. Um where you had that tremendous solo where you just go bing bong bing bong (laughs) (laughs) untrue it was so (laughs) wonderful and um and then i found another song where you go crocodile and i can't remember why you sang crocodile but you did it was really really good Mm -hmm. i need to continue my boy choir writing oh my god my favorite i just can't get over it just that. Happy birthday oh, wow. to you. Everything. I mean, the cutest voice. If you didn't listen to last week, you gotta go if back. If you don't listen to last small. week's episode where Reed gets surprise birthday guests, I suggest hightailing it back there and hearing Simone sing, which is, I mean, if there was an album called Simone Sings and it's <laughs> Lindsay and Jacob, I'm telling it. I know that we don't want to sell our kids, but sometimes you have to for money. And there's a way to keep them while uh, having them work, which is called being a stage parent. Well, also, she doesn't even have to know that she's being mm -hmm. recorded for your money. It's true. I didn't know I was being recorded for my first five films, but (laughs) indeed I was. Um, uh, Oh, my God. I got a residual check that I meant to take a photo of and send to you. It made me laugh and laugh. I think I have it out. Uh, it really cracked me up when I got it. From SAG AFTRA. And here it is, my gro- my total gross. And this is from um, Foreign Extended Use. Uh, and my total gross is 51 cents. Beautiful. So after taxes, 31 cents. <laughs> And even though I updated my address with them, they are still sent there. They still have my PO box on it, which I'm like, honey, I'm not love. Don't live there anymore. Wow, 31 cents. I know. I know. What are you going to do? But I'll, I'll deposit it on my mobile app. <sighs> my mobile app, fortunately, will take like a penny on like when I would go to the ATMs and try to stick them in the machine. I bet the like electricity you'll use to take a picture of that check is going to be more than that. <laughs> well, I'm on Wi-Fi, so, yeah, great. you know, whatever, whatever. I'm looking at a book called Spiritual Emergency, and I feel like that's really what we've been talking about on today's episode. Today has really been about spirituality. It has. It has. I remember when I found, when 
you know, in one of our, so we would study all of these, you know, religions and spiritualities. And when they got to Wicca, I was like, this is it. This is the one. Like I found it. I found my people. I was like, this is absolutely it. And they're like, well, I was like, you know, of course, like 13 or maybe a little younger. And they were like, there's a book called Drawing Down the Moon. Which I got, and it had like photos of it was a kind of Renaissance fairy, but um, which I don't interestingly, I'm not into. Mm. Oh, I had this horrible memory, horrible, which is before I came to Interlochen and was still at the the high school in my small town. They would put on this thing called the Madrigal Dinner. Madrigal Dinner. And there'd be a king and a queen and, you know, a wizard and a prince and a princess and a jester. And you were and like, hey, people. nonny, no, hey, nonny, no. And you had to sing whatever those songs were. <laughs> yes, madrigals. Ugh. And I just, and then, you know, and the audience comes and sits at tables and the king and queen, like, do toasts and, like, terrible accents. And, you know, and horrible. then, like, a boar's head comes out and they, like, sing. This really is that, horrible. Oh, I remember one of the songs. I was like, what were some of those songs? I remember one of them. Bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Bring us some figgy pudding. And bring some out right now. here right now. I don't know. The I don't tidings remember it. we bring to you, to and, you your, and your... We wish pen. you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now... When was that song written? That's a magical song. It was written way back in the well, it's in the it's fifteen, what have you? It's British. I don't know. I mean, it's confusing because there's the figgy pudding version, and then there's, I guess it is always the Merry Christmas song, isn't it? I don't know. I just we wish you a Merry Christmas. We yes. Oh my God. Christmas. Now in New York, when you were growing up, were there carolers? Hmm. I imagine somewhere. I was in a show when I was seven or eight called Christmas Revels off off Broadway (laughs) (laughs) and and um, do you remember the plot well it starts with this woman murdering this man she shoots him as many times as bullets as she's got I think it was just sort of like it was um, a variety show of kind of Christmas ye old times Christmas things with songs and I I remember singing Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie. He Burp. stuck in his thong and thung, pulled out a plum and said, Yum, yum, yum. What a good boy, what a good boy, what a good boy am I. And then I came out onto the stage wearing nothing and went, what a good boy am I. <laughs> and let's see, you were seven or eight, so I was nine or ten. And so at yeah. that point, I was wearing mascara and sticking my tongue out at people. Hey! I was wearing a nightgown, an old-fashioned white nightgown. And I had a line, wow. and it went, yee-haw, yee-haw! <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew when I was listening to that recording of Boys Choir yeah. goes to town and you said crocodile. I knew it was you. And I also knew it was you and it went bing bong, bing bong. Yeehaw, yeehaw, this night, this night. That was my line. Uh-huh. I just remember coming out and all I was wearing was mascara and Vaseline. And I think my line was, Mama, 
Mama. Mama, am I pretty, Mama? <laughs> Wait, do you know my Aunt Jemima story? No. You must, Mama. No. When when I when I was a boy choir school, occasionally we'd be called into city to um to record a commercial for whatever product, and uh-huh. so they wouldn't bring a whole choir. They'd bring like you know six of us to do it. Uh-huh. And so I went in once to do a commercial for Crystal. Wait, no, for um. Nordic Mist, which was the same thing as like uh, Pe- Pepsi Clear, you know, it was like one of those clear colas that were popular in the time. Yeah, yeah. Clear, clearly Canadian. And yeah, um, throw up. And uh-huh. it, and you know that was a very like boy choir arrangement. It was like Nordic Mist, ah, like that. And then they they were like, oh, do you have anybody who can who can kind of sound like a little kid? And they were like, well, we do have six, seven-year-olds here. Yeah, well, no, we were like between the ages of 11 and 14, uh-huh. the kids recording the commercials. They're like, well, Reed, Reed can probably do that. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to teach him very quickly the, the, the copy for this Aunt Jemima commercial to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I went in the studio and they're like, okay, here's your line. So you're going to go, mama, mama, give me Aunt Jemima. And I was like, okay. So I, I did that. Uh-huh, and then they're uh-huh. like, and then the next line, you're going to go, give me Aunt Jemima, Mama, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I did that. Uh-huh, and then they're like, and okay. uh-huh. so for the final thing, the tag at the end of the radio commercial, you're going to go, give me Aunt Jemima, Mama, please. And then um, <laughs> I sang that a couple times and then uh-huh. I nailed it. I, I recorded a radio commercial for Aunt Jemima. Do you still get residuals? Absolutely. I never received one penny from anything I did at the American Boy Choir School. Wow. Wow. We paid to go to school there. Incredible. Yeah. They're like, listen, you're going to pay and then you're going to work and we're going to make money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we did work. We worked hard. That is incredible. I know. You threw up in buses all over America. Oh, I didn't. It's I just watched kids throw up. It's really incredible. Here's the deal. You're going to pay to come here and then you're going to work and we're going to take that money. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, is there a favorite Christmas movie that you might put on? Interesting. Gremlins? No, I don't know. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Am I not Phoebe Cates in this way? You are. You are. Who was that Thank young you. man? He was attractive. <gasps> wow, what a babe. Um, I would say Edward Scissorhands is the best Christmas movie. You are absolutely correct. I can never watch it again. The fifth time I watched it, I started crying when the credits came on, and I cried for the entire movie <laughs> until it was over. It is so sad and wonderful. It's too much. It's it's too heartbreaking. I know. Winona Ryder and that grandmother prosthetic or just lip syncing for that old lady, I'm not sure which it is. No, it's Winona Ryder and Granny makeup. And her doing that weird old voice in that bedroom with mm-hmm. the little girl in that and when it snows, because they're in like Anaheim. It's, um, ugh. I know, it's like they it put is, two it's, marbles in her mouth so that she could sound It's like really beyond reproach. I remember seeing that movie in the movie theater and just being devastated. It's one of the first movies I saw in a movie theater. Mm. And it was, we went on my birthday, my like ninth birthday. And I remember... It was like my mom and her friends and me, and it felt really special. 
That's so nice. Yeah. Um, I also have to say that Batman Returns is like my favorite Christmas movie. Oh. So it's probably that, you know? And um, I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. Uh, ladies and other, please go and check out. Are you still there? Um, yeah. Oh, I got nervous. Please, please go and check out our fancy nut mix on YouTube, where we MC James Whiteside. Um, like, click, subscribe on our own YouTube channel for our Christmas content. And thank you for listening to dance and stuff. Yes, happy on holidays. Christmas, and um, and all the holidays that you may or may not celebrate. It's a wonderful time to tap into the solstice, the great conjunction, feel the cosmos spinning, and we loves you. We loves you. We'll be here next week for your New Year's episode and a recap of 2020, <laughs> which in November, two Novembers ago, I coined as no, no. No, no. We loves you. We loves you. Bye-bye. We'll be together if the fates allow. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a Hi, Dance and Stuff listeners. This is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of the Dance Edit podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at the Dance Edit. And if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news stories. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends. We've had Kyle Abraham, we've had Lloyd Knight. Basically, we've built a nice little nerdy community, and we hope you'll join it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast.